0: All the latest updates, news, and scores from your local and regional sports. This is Sports Talk on 92 WICB Ithaca.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of WICB Sports Talk, your home for the latest sports news, scores, and storylines from the Ithaca area. I'm your host, Dominic Dana. For tonight's episode, some exclusive interviews. WICB's own Cam Manna and Rihanna DeCrow got to speak with Ithaca Women's Basketball's head coach, Dan Raymond, and Toby Zabora got to speak with Grace Murray of Ithaca Gymnastics. You'll hear them discuss Grace's success this season and the Ithaca Women's Bombers' amazing regular season going towards the playoffs. In addition, we'll also take a look at a wide range of sports here in Ithaca, recapping their last week of games. With all that said, let's now toss it over to Cam and Rihanna. Guys, take it away.
2: Coach, uh, we'll start with last weekend. Um, two commanding wins, especially against Clarkson, St. Lawrence by nine. Um,
3: what do you see from both of those wins? I mean, very encouraged, optimistic, you know, because I think everybody realizes at this point, too, that we didn't have Annabella last week, you know. So that was, is a huge adjustment that we as a coaching staff have to make and the players have to make as well, um, because she is such a a major factor in, in what we do you know both offensively and defensively so the fact that we were able to make the adjustments that were necessary for us to be successful both friday especially against st lawrence which is you know the tougher of the two teams and then saturday i was i was very encouraged
4: and for anya to be you know in that post position really stepping up i mean what did you see out of her she's been phenomenal all season but really, like, just taken on a lot of minutes this year? What have you liked out
3: of her? She really has, and, and, and I don't know if you know, Anya, she is the nicest person in the whole wide world, you know, and there's times when you wish that she wasn't quite so nice on the court, <laughs> um, but she has accepted all the coaching that we have provided her, and she really she makes strides every single day, um and you can see it put into practice when she gets on the court and engaged and stuff like that so um i couldn't be happier for her couldn't be more proud of what she's accomplished this year she has been um really special this year for us it seems
2: like the last few games you've been able to start quick a lot better has there been any shift in the adjustments heading into the game for that to happen
3: i do think that that um you know and I, i give a lot of credit to mary because she's the one that puts together the scouts and stuff like that so our our preparation for each game is as good as it's ever been. So I do feel like our players go onto the court at the beginning of a game, confident on what we need to do to be successful. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I do feel like we are doing well at the beginning of the games and I, I attribute a lot of that to our preparation.
4: When you're looking ahead to this weekend though, as far as preparation, I mean, Bard is Bard, but Vassar is the force in the conference right now. What's
3: the focus on them? So, we we've, we've watched a, a ton of film um, of their most recent games, of our, our first game against them, which it seems so weird that it's like two months ago that we played them. And the way the schedule falls is just, it's crazy the way that they do this. Yeah. Um, so, we do feel like we have a really good sense of what we need to do at both ends of the floor uh, to, you know, again, I use the word successful, uh, be successful against them. So it's just a matter of, of making sure that our players understand that whatever we do in preparation, they're a really good team, they're a really high IQ team. So they're gonna make adjustments. So we, as the whole team, coaches and players alike, have to be able to make adjustments on the fly during the course of the game. So that's, that's been our, our, kind of our message to our players is this game means a lot. It doesn't do anything to the standings. It has nothing to do with standing. We are, everybody's where they're gonna be, except for below us. Um, but it's a, it's a confidence thing. And, and, you know, the first regional rankings just came out, and, you know, we are fourth. Um, so if, if we want a legitimate shot at getting into the NSA tournament, this game on Saturday is huge. And you know how big the game is on Saturday, and we've talked
2: before about having back-to-back games on a weekend. You sometimes prepare more for the game on Friday. How do you adjust with that in practice, or are you more focusing on – Saturday in the preparation doing less scouting on for the Friday game yes absolutely
3: because okay. um, as you said bard is barred you know and you don't want to totally dismiss them but at the same time you understand you know the, the difference in the, the talent the, the playing ability of, of those two teams and you know hopefully we can just take care of business on Friday and just be ready to go on Saturday
4: Vassar is a team that's extremely fast you mentioned their high IQ as well with they're speedy out there what i mean do you think you have the speed to match that or is there a plan in place to kind of slow them down
3: we have to we don't have the the same level of athlete that they do with speed and athleticism so we have to kind of figure out well how can we take advantage of what our strengths are um to i guess slow them down a little bit and so we're we're working through practice on on different ways to do that and and slow them down is, is a big big key you know it's you know, we want to be able to rebound because that's one of the things that we feel we will have an advantage. But at the same time, if they come up with a defensive rebound understanding, they're going to go. So we got to be able to get back. So, you know, talking through all that and, and finding the best way to make those adjustments.
2: With uh, their speed compared to your guys' size, is there going to be more of an emphasis on, you know, two great forwards you guys have? Um, is there gonna be more of a prominent focus to try to, you know, find the ball down low and kind of it seems like right now their tallest player is five nine.
3: Yeah, they you know they do have, you know, the, the one player that they do have that, that does start is she's you know, six two or whatever. Okay. But, um so it's it's not just our post players. You know, we are gonna be bigger at, at a number of our guard positions as well. So yes there is a point of emphasis for us and how can we put you know, some of our players, Cameron, Junie, um, in positions that they can take advantage of their size inside against Vassar's against team. So that's something that we have been working on even before this week uh, because we do feel like that's quite often an advantage we have over a lot of the teams that we play is, is our the length of our guards.
4: And for some of these players on the team that are a little bit older, like Cam, like Hannah, who have been on these teams that have been so successful in the past... How, what have they been saying to the team that, you know, is helping them out, or, or what's the experience, like, different for them this year?
3: Well, I, I think they do, you know, the, the experienced players do. They're sending that message that where this team is at this point in the season isn't where what they're used to, you know. So if you want to call it pressure, if you want to call it, you know, motivation, um, that's what they are trying, the message that they are sharing with their teammates is, you know, this isn't where we want to end up, this isn't where we're used to being, so it's our time of the year now, to, let's, let's pick it up.
2: There's no secret that you guys have had, you know, very long win streaks, and the one that Vassar is riding right now, up to 21 games. Do you think the players and yourself look back when you guys were on those long rides, um, Mentally, what were you guys feeling? And is there a way to kind of counteract that and understand what Vassar is feeling right now riding 21 straight games?
3: Um, to be quite honest with you, I don't remember what I was thinking or feeling. I just, you know, and, and it may sound cliche, but I was just a game-to-game guy. It didn't matter who we were playing. It didn't matter how many games we'd won in a row. It was just, okay, what's next? You know, so I don't know how the players feel. I, I, that would be a question you'd have to ask them. Um, but... We do feel like they are under, Vassar is, is under some, whatever, however you want to term it for them, pressure to you know, accomplish something that nobody's done as far as you know, going undefeated in a league. I don't know if anybody ever did. I think maybe St. Lawrence did it a few years ago before we got in the league. Um, but I, I do feel like that, that's something that we can play our underdog role, if you will, uh, play up and, and kind of use to our advantage.
4: For those younger players out there on the floor who have been playing some really great minutes, I mean, Tori, Libby, for those guys, are we going to see more of them because of their speed this weekend? Or is there a player in particular that we should be on the lookout for?
3: You know, it, it's hard to say, you know, what the minutes are going to be like. Tori's going to get her minutes. You know, Libby's the one that is, is the, I guess, the question mark. You know, because, again, with Annabella being back, you know, how, how do we, you know, you know, make sure that, that Annabella is ready to play because she's been off for like 10 days. I think she's been playing basketball for 10 days. So I don't know what we're to expect from her, really, to be quite honest with you. So that's that role that Libby can fill because she is the athlete that can match up with the athletes. So you know, we'll just have to see how it all plays out.
2: How do you think Hannah and uh, Juni have grown together, working together on the floor as guards? And, you know, it seems like every year there's a new guard alongside Hannah. How have her and Juni been able to mesh together?
3: It's literally taking the the entire season for them to kind of figure out how to play with each other, and and the the biggest adjustment has been for Juni, you know, to try to figure out how to um, acclimate herself to what we do in our program, coming from where she came from. Um, So I think they're they're getting there, but we're still still, it's it's still a work in progress, and that may sound really kind of weird to say, you know, twenty. Two games into the season, but it's the truth, you know. And and we have seen some things of late that that give us a really good feel for, for yeah, we're, we're finally starting to put the pieces together.
4: What are some of those things?
3: Um, the fact that, that I think Junie is becoming more a playmaker, not just a scorer. She's not, you know, she's more concerned about how, how she can get everybody else involved. That, that's a big thing for us. Um, and, and Hannah. I think is getting more, more scoring opportunities as a result of that, so that's how those two are working together. Um, but it's, it's just something that, you know, we've had to kind of tweak our offense throughout the season. You know, I don't know how closely you, you watch video and stuff like that, but we've changed um, drastically from the first, first part of the season, so um, it's been something that, that it's a learning process for all of us, including the coaching staff.
2: It seems like you've changed the offense, and then obviously the pieces that have switched in and out. Um, Zoraida hasn't been able to get her groove, just not being able to uh, be on the court. She obviously had COVID. Um, talk about her and trying to get her back, and it seems like once she's in a, a groove, she misses games. Um, how has she been right now?
3: She's, she's working her way back. Yeah. You know, and the one thing that we never have to question is how hard she's going to work in practice. You know, she's doing everything that she can to you know, figure out how to be what we need her to be on the floor, um, and and that's the hard thing too because so much of what we tweaked, you know, adapted, adjusted with her within our offense was when she wasn't wasn't able to, to practice and play. So she's still catching up, you know, to what we want to try to do. Uh, but you know, if we can get her back, she's just such a difference maker for us and what she can do because she is that true playmaker. She's a pass first point guard.
4: And, you know, Mary was telling me uh, when we went on our little golf trip about your, your offense and what you guys were trying to do with it this season. What has been the biggest adjustment that you've made since that point?
3: Um, well, we, we actually scrapped what we did with the early in the season. It's totally, totally changed. So what we ended up doing is bringing our post players up high again, like we have the last few years, but not doing the same – um, schemes that, that we did the past few years, so it's it's just been trying to figure out how to open up the court enough so that our players that have the ability to get into the paint can get into the paint, how to take advantage of, you know, we talked about previously the the length that we have with our guards, how to utilize them, How do we, what sets can we run to put them in positions to, to be successful in the paint area, um, and then when you do something like that, then what do your post players do? Because they're used to playing in there. So all those things are things that, that we have tried to do um, without making it too complex. That That's the challenge that we face because we want our players to be able to just play, and be free, but at the same time, the other four people or three people, if we're playing a two person game or a three person game, have to understand what's going on over there so they know what they can do. So. It's, it's Like I said, it's, it's a learning process that, that's ongoing.
2: Ray and I talked about how uh, at least we see some comparisons, I guess how the offense has changed compared to what you guys were used to do with Dorn and Albertelli to Watkins and Yorio. Um, how do you see their growth? And obviously they're different players, but the comparisons about how they play on the floor and how much they've grown.
3: Um, the, the thing is we don't, neither Anya nor Annabella are as athletic as, as Lindsay at upper telly was. You know that she was a freak. Yeah. You know. Um, so what she was able to do was so much of it was just natural for her. For Lindsay, um, Anya is the one that's, that's kind of similar to, to Emily in, in certain ways, but but not anywhere near as skilled um, as, as Emily was. So. T- you know we, we've tried to steer away from trying to put them in situations that we were able to do with Lindsay and, and Emily last year, put them in situations that, that allow them to beat them, you know, more more successfully. So, um, and, and that's something that they work really well together. You know, that the, the one of the challenges that we face too is okay, in practices, we don't have anybody that can match up with them other than themselves, you know, so we want them to. To feel comfortable playing with each other but at the same time they have to play against yep. each other oftentimes it's a challenge to make make sure that the the practices are competitive
1: thanks Cameron ray before we continue let's now take a look at this past week in Ithaca athletics On Friday, the Ithaca women's basketball team had a commanding win against Bard, the final score being 91-36. It was an all-around great performance, with the team shooting 54.7% from the field and 52.6% beyond the arc. The beginning of the game looked to make this a little closer than it ended up being, the score being 20-12 going into the second quarter, and Bard starting hot from beyond the arc, shooting 50%. Ithaca started out the second quarter hot, ending it with a score of 49-20 going into half. The game was pretty much out of reach for Bard at that point, with Ithaca defensively only allowing Bard to, to score 16 total points the entire second half. Cameron Coffey helped lead the Bombers to this dominant win with their stellar 18-point performance. The Bombers look to end this weekend 2-0, but will fall to Vassar yesterday 66-59 in the regular season finale. Vassar took an early one-point lead in the first quarter, 18-17. Vassar would keep the lead the entire game, not allowing Ithaca to take the lead at any point in the game. Tovigel would be the leading force for Vassar, leading Vassar in scoring with a huge 22-point performance. The Bombers would try to bring the game back in the fourth quarter, bringing the game to just a five-point differential until none other than Tovagel would help seal the game with a three-pointer for Vassar. Junie Dixon and Cameron Coffrey were the two offensive forces that would keep this game in reach for Ithaca throughout the game with each of their respective 13 and 12 point performances. The Bombers, after this weekend, hold an excellent record of 12, 20 and 5 with a stellar 14 and 4 record in conference play. The Bombers will look forward as they take on RIT Tuesday, the 27th, in the quarterfinal quarter of the Liberty League playoffs. The Ithaca men's basketball team saw their playoff hopes end on Friday as they lost to Bard 102-97 in an intense game that had to end in overtime. The Bombers watched as Bard came out to an early lead 19-11 in the first seven minutes. The Bombers went on a 10-0 run right after, quickly making the score 21-19. to The first half would go back and forth, the Bombers getting opportunities to capitalize off of a great defensive pressure and turnovers from Jalen O'Neill. The first half would end at 46-38 with Bard having a dominant offensive performance shooting just under 55% from the field and a three point percentage slightly above 58%. The game would change leads back and forth between these two teams with the game being tied 85-85 as Andrew Geschicker hit a clutch three to send it to OT. In OT, Bard would jump to an early five point lead and would maintain it to end the game 102-97. to Logan Wendell would lead scoring for the Bombers at 18 points continuing his stellar season. On Saturday, Ithaca would look to end their season on a high note as they faced Vassar for their season, senior game in their final game of the season. Unfortunately for the Bombers, they would fall to Vassar 79-78 in a one-point loss. Vassar, were do- Vassar was dominant in the first half as they jumped to an early lead <clears throat> against the Bombers 41-29. Vassar was dominant on the field shooting for 50%. Ithaca struggled in the first as they shot for only 39%. The Bombers would look to bring it back in the second half, led by the heroics of Tristan Wenderson and Logan Wendell, who both notched 22 points on the night. Ithaca would outscore Vassar in the second half, 49-38, but it was not enough as Vassar would hold on to a one-point lead and would ruin the Bombers' night. With this loss, the Bombers conclude the 2023-2024 season 12-13, and 7-11 in conference play. Ithaca, with the loss on Friday, was bounced out of the playoffs. They now look forward to next season. Now we're going to toss it over to Toby Zabori, who got to speak with Ithaca Gymnastics' Grace Murray. Toby, take it away.
0: So the first question I'm going to ask, we're recording this right after the meet with Cortland and before the Invitational on Sunday. When you're preparing for a meet, what steps go into that?
5: Well, first off, practice. We want to you know space out our practice days we're not too tired before the meets well and we're like prepared enough so we just do what we we know what to do I mean we've been doing this sport for 10 plus years so just doing what we know and just doing what works for us is how we prepare
0: yeah and going into this meet that we just passed on Wednesday what was the team looking to do in that competition
5: um so we started off bars which was a little rough But, I mean, we picked it up as a team on all three other events, um, which was really exciting. So, I think just this Sunday, just trying to be consistent for all four events and just, like, hit what we normally do. So
0: Yeah, and past the team competition, how do you feel like the meet went for you personally?
5: I think the meet went well. Um, Yeah, it went well. I was happy with what I did, so...
0: Now, coming out of that meet and really throughout your time here at Ithaca, what would you say has been your strongest part of competition?
5: My strongest part? like. um, Yeah,
0: the strongest event or the favorite that you've competed in. My
5: favorite event is floor. Um, It's just such a fun event just because it's like, I mean, you get to dance, you have your own music. So that's definitely my favorite part.
0: Yeah, and so coming in, we're going to start kind of going back now. Coming into your first year with the team last year, what were your expectations for your time with Ithaca Gymnastics?
5: Um, my expectations were honestly to just compete and just have fun. So that's all I was looking forward to last year.
0: Yeah, and with this team, there's been a lot of impact from the upperclassmen in the class that is now the junior and and in that senior year. What impact did they have when you came in, and what impact have you seen them have through this year's first year class. yeah,
5: They have a huge impact on the team. Um, Not even just competing wise, but like, just like mentoring us, like, I mean, coming in, you kind of really don't know what to expect because in club gymnastics, it's more of an individual sport and then you come To college and it's a team sport so it's kind of weird to shift that dynamic to just yourself to like a team so they were really helpful in like getting us how to be how to be a team how to compete as a team um and like competing wise too I mean I think they produce 75 percent of the scores that we count as a team so they're a huge impact to us
0: yeah, and speaking on that change coming from club to college, how difficult or really what is the change like going from competing for yourself to now having to compete for a team at large?
5: Um, I would say it's a little bit more stressful just because it's not just you. You you can like, be mad at yourself if you mess up, but now it's like a team. It like It matters. Not that it didn't matter in club, but I mean now there's teams that we like Are competing against and it just I I think it's a little bit more pressure but I think that's the main difference
0: are there any like technical difficulties between competing individually and competing for club or is it mostly the same just that you're now competing on a team and you have to work with the team to get the best score overall
5: yeah it's mostly the same so start values stay the same the weight skills are valued are the same it's just mostly how you respond to like you know competing as a team than individually
0: Yeah, and for you yourself, as you kind of helping out the team your first year, you finished a 9.8 on the floor at the NGCA Championships, earned All-American honors. What did the work look like going into that?
5: Um, Well, the work into that, honestly, is just, you know, just doing the same thing that I did all year, you know, just being consistent and just treating it like any other meet. Um, I think it's a little bit more – it's easier, I think, to – do well your freshman year, especially going into nationals, because you have no idea like what I know. I didn't even know what All-American meant before. I mean, after I did it, I just did it. And someone told me I All-American. I didn't really know what that meant. So I think just, you know, doing what I usually did. And then, yeah.
0: And then going from last year into this year, what was your preparation? What were you trying to improve on going into your second year with the team?
5: Um, I definitely wanted to improve my, like, difficulty and my skills. Um, I mean, I only have three years left of a sport that I've been doing my entire life, so just trying to do the best I can, do the hardest skills I can was something that I really focused on over the summer practicing.
0: Yeah, and this is a team that has had a lot of success in the past, has made NCGA championships in the last few years. How important was it coming to this team to keep up that
5: legacy? I think it's really important because, um, I mean, we come into it as a team knowing that we're going to make it to the end. So just having that mindset of like one meet at a time is going to help us prepare to qualify to Nationals. So, yeah.
0: And then looking at that yourself and from the team's perspective coming into this year, what does the team look to build off year after year after making it to these national performances?
5: I think we're looking to build off just our confidence. Um, I think nationals and especially some big meets that we've had this year have been pretty overwhelming, especially with the meet at Cornell. With, I mean, there's six teams, which means there's two buys, so there's a lot going on, and just um, like focusing on us, focusing on our team, like knowing that um, we have the skills, we have the scores to like potentially win it all. We just need to focus and build our confidence.
0: Yeah and for you especially in those competitions where it's not just one team that you're facing but you're facing multiple teams at the same time What does the kind of mindset going into that look like when you know you're going to have to face a lot of other competition and then how do you kind of deal with that?
5: Um, Personally my mindset is just focusing not even at the event that I'm doing but just like the certain skills that I'm doing just like keeping in my head um, just like certain words just simple words keep that because it does get a l- very overwhelming it gets extremely loud there's music playing there's people screaming so just like staying in your own little bubble I have found is very helpful for that
0: yeah and you kind of touched on it there but what is the atmosphere of collegiate gymnastics been like especially at Ithaca where there is a history to it and there's a lot of passion behind it
5: Yeah, this is definitely something that I haven't experienced in gymnastics um, because club is kind of more mellow, kind of. It's it's club, so it makes sense. But um, here, I think the atmosphere, especially at our home meets, has been amazing. I mean, we have the entire stands filled out. People are sitting on the floors. Like, all of our friends come, family come, and it just gets, like, everyone hyped up. Um, And our meet against Cortland, too, I mean— we're rivals. So um, but me yesterday, it was a lot of fun, too. Just a good atmosphere. Yeah.
0: And then on this team, you've got Coach Sedeby, who's had a lot of experience. He's been here for a very long time. What is it like having his presence and his knowledge in the sport as your coach?
5: I think it's really helpful because if you think that you're dealing with something like and you don't know how to work through it, he's probably seen it. 20 plus times I mean he's been this is his 39th year on the team so whatever anyone has dealt with he's probably dealt with it a lot of times so it's just nice to like get that level of um, just knowledge and he helps out a lot with like nerves how to build confidence because he's been there he's seen it all practically
0: yeah and then coming into this year you've had some good selections this year you earned NCGA specialist of the week earlier in the season what did that award and that honor really mean for you
5: Um, that meant for me, um, hmm, oh, sorry, um, I don't know, I was kind of really surprised to get that, um, but, because I was just doing what I normally do in competition, just making sure I do my routines, do them well enough, so, I mean, it was great to get that honor, but, um, I, I like to focus more on just one meet at a time kind of those like uh things kind of freaked me out a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah I think you just kind of said it there but really your focus for the remainder of the year is it going to be focused kind of looking ahead or is it really just going to be go through the next meet and the next meet and then eventually it'll come to the end
5: yeah next meet to next meet can't think about the end I'll get too freaked out
0: <laughs> I will say though on that Ithaca gets to host the East Region finals this year how special is it for the team who only two years ago hosted the finals itself, to host now the regional finals.
5: I think we're all super excited. Um, We have done so well at our home meets this year, so I think that everyone is just excited to have a great meet at regionals, um, have all of our family, friends come out. And especially when we have regionals, we're going to open up the entire gym. It's such a great atmosphere. It's bigger. It's at home. So I think we're all really, really excited.
0: Now kind of going back to the last meet and then tying that into what's going to be happening on Sunday, is there anything that you really saw from that last meet that you want to work on and prepare for to fix before Sunday's meet?
5: Um, I think we all need to work on just not like doubting ourselves because, I mean, we haven't beaten Brockport in quite a few years, but I definitely think we're good enough. We have good enough skills and we get good enough scores. We just need to put it together when it counts. And... Um, just remember to just like have fun and just do our stuff.
0: Yeah, and kind of on that mental note, this last meet against Cortland was only within three tenths of a point. How does the team kind of focus after a meet like that where you come so close but ultimately don't get that final result?
5: Um, after meets, usually we will watch film and find at least one or two tenths to work on. To so I think if if everyone fixes one or two tenths, we'll be way ahead of any of the competition.
0: All right, the last question I have for you, is there anything you're really looking forward to the remainder of this season with this team?
5: Um, I'm just excited to keep competing with them. I think that this is such a fun team this year. We have great freshmen. Obviously, our upperclassmen have always been bringing the energy, the fun, Um, I'm just excited to compete with them because this team is awesome.
0: All right, Grace. Well, thank you so much once again for taking the time out of your day and agreeing to sit down with me. For WICB Sports Talk, I'm Tobias Zabore.
1: Thanks, Toby. Now, before we wrap up today's show, we're we're going to recap this past week in Cornell Athletics. The Cornell men's basketball team completed their season sweep of Harvard with a final score of 75 to 62. The Big Red would step up big defensively, holding Harvard to only 22% in shooting in the second half, 32% overall. To keep Harvard at bay to pick up the win, junior guard Nazir Williams would be the lead in four big red players with double-digit performances with 14 points. Chris Mannon, Cooper Noard, and Jake Feegan each coming in with 11 points, help boostering the big red offensively. Cornell in both halves would hold the lead over Crimson with a close three-point lead in the first, 37-34, but would keep it out of reach in the second with a 10-point lead, 38-28, which would seal their 75-62 win. Cornell moves to 18-4 on the season and 7-1 in Ivy League play. The Cornell women's basketball team would fall in a 23-point loss to Harvard, 74-51. Harvard would jump out to an early 8-point lead in the first quarter, 8-16. Cornell would try to keep it close as Harvard would have a 7-point lead going into half with a score of 31-24. Harvard would then keep this game out of reach. Harmony Turner would lead Harvard to the impressive 23-point win with her 19-point performance while also leading Harvard in scoring. Harvard would also have two other players with double-digit performances in Katie Krupa with 16 and Abigail Wright with 13 points. Cornell with this loss moves to 7-14 on the season and 1-8 in Ivy League play. Heading over to the ice, the nationally ranked number 12 Cornell men's hockey team had a monster 3-0 victory in a shutout win against Brown. The Big Red was dominant on Friday, scoring a goal in every period. Defensively, the Big Red had Brown on lockdown, never allowing them to touch the goal. Ian Shane coming up big again in the goal with 10 saves, this being his 11th shutout of his career, moving him up to 5th all-time in blankings by a goalie for Cornell. The Big Red was moved offensively by freshman forward Ryan Walsh with one goal and one assist, and sophomore forward Dalton Bancroft with two assists, each having multi-point nights. With this win, Cornell moves to 16-4-4 on the season, 11-4-2 in conference play. The nationally ranked number 6 Cornell women's hockey team had a huge 2-1 win over number 14 ranked Yale. The Big Red had both their goals from, come from McKenna Van Gelder and Carol Prefrontian as they iced the game offensively for Cornell. Defensively, goaltender Annalise Bergman was a force for the Big Red, logging in 35 saves and keeping Yale out of the net. The Big Red would maintain their lead they obtained in the second period when they went up 2-1 and would seal themselves the win in their final regular season game. With this win, Cornell moves to 22-6-1 on the regular season, 17-5 in Ivy League play. The Big Red looks forward as they see who they will face in the ECAC quarterfinals. That will do it for this episode of WICB Sports Talk. Special thanks to our contributors this evening, Rihanna DeCrow, Cam Manna, Eli Fishman, Toby Zabore, Grace Murray, Dan Raymond, General General Manager of TV, TVR Ops Gen- Jeremy Menard, Sports Director Josh Hobbs, and Station Manager Beck Legato. Be sure to check out at Bombers Radio Net on Twitter for all the latest news and updates regarding our coverage of Ithaca College Athletics. I'm Dominic Dana, and have a great rest of your Sunday night. Ithaca Now, coming up next.